Hello and welcome to 60 Minutes with Scottish Self-Build and Renovation. Thank you very much uh, for joining us this, this evening. My name is Gavin Esselmont. Uh, I'm delighted to be welcoming our guests this weekend. Uh, this week is Caroline and Thomas Lawrenson of TL TechSmart. Uh, but before I do, I just want to make sure that everybody can hear us and see us if you're watching us on the webinar. Uh, so let us know by just giving us a wee thumbs up in the comments field, uh, or better still, just let us know where you're uh, joining us from. Uh, there's people watching us from all over the UK, sometimes abroad as well. So it'd be great to understand where you're at, and we'll give you a wee shout out during the broadcast. So if you have any questions uh, during this program, just again, put it in the comments field. We're streaming on YouTube and Facebook. There is a comments feed field in each of them. So just please put in any comments. It could be about your project or it could be about what you've heard, and uh, we'll address them uh, during the project. Uh, during the program. And finally, this program is being recorded. Uh, and again, it's on YouTube and Facebook. So uh, just, uh, you know, if you've uh, got anything specific, uh, maybe take it offline, but certainly we'll, we'll address what we can uh, during this program. So this week we are exploring uh, home tech, which I'm personally excited about. I love home tech. I've got very, very basic home tech in my house, but uh, a lot of people uh, have uh, TVs getting switched on. They've got, um, you know, even curtains getting opened up, which uh, blows my mind completely. So I'm pretty basic in here in terms of uh, the whole kind of home tech. But it is such an important topic to get right. Uh, a lot of these things are installed retrospectively, but if you get the planning right at the very, very start, then you can actually save yourself quite a bit of cash, and you can get. Uh, really good results. So um, our experts that we're welcoming along uh, this week is TL TechSmart and we've got Caroline and Thomas. So I'm going to share them on the screen. Good afternoon. Hi. Hello. How are you guys doing? All right. Good, Jim. <laughs> yes, thank you for having us. We've just had a, a busy um, running about taking the kids to all their activities, which have started back, which is lovely. It's good to it's good to know that uh, things like uh, it's judo judo they've gone to isn't yeah. it this afternoon. It's good that that's starting back because it brings a bit, of, I guess, normality back to the kids as well as adults. Adults will maybe get a bit of peace as well. Um, yeah. And are they excited to be back? Are they excited to be to be back? Oh too? yeah, sorry, I missed that. Yes, yeah, they were they were really excited. Yes, um, my son's judo suit has uh, shrunk, or either he's grown a lot. He put on. I was like, oh yeah, that's not good to say. Oh well. <laughs> how, how old are they? Um, twelve and seven. Okay, so they're probably into all sorts of different activities, or are they both doing judo? They both do the judo. Yeah, they both really okay. enjoy it. Yeah. Brilliant. And where is that they do that? Uh, that at? It's in Inverurie. So there's um, a sports centre there called the Geary Sports Centre. So that's where the club is, is based. Okay. So that's not too far from you guys. You're in uh, Rotty Norman? Yes. Yeah. yeah. So yeah. it's not too far for us, about 10 miles. How long do they do judo for? I mean, that's quite a, quite a high impact uh, sport to be doing. I mean, how long can they actually do that before they're knackered? Do you know, it's really interesting. So the training sessions um, normally would have been about 45 minutes to an hour. They're a little bit shorter now because they have to allow time for cleaning between the different age groups. So to clean the equipment and everything. Um, but, you know, an actual judo um, match, you know, in competition, is actually very short. 
Okay. Um, it's like it's like five minutes, but when you watch the professionals, it's just phenomenal how much you know power and energy that they put into those minutes. Just so but, focused. And do they get anything at school? Uh, to to I mean, why does someone just choose to get into judo? I mean, why? What's the conscious decision that's gone on there to get into judo? Do you know, I just think it's a really nice sport because you know it's not just about you know the fitness aspects they have um like their kind of code of conduct so a lot of it's about being respectful and helping your friends and yeah. and then they get the fitness side as well so yeah we just thought it was a nice all-round sport they did a little taster of it um when they were at summer camp ages and ages and ages ago and and yeah just loved it so then we decided that they, we'd sign them up to do it regularly Fantastic. I guess it will uh, it'll, uh, burn off all those calories and uh, burn off all the sweeties and all the rest of it. And, uh, <laughs> you'll probably get a good couple of hours out of them tonight. It'll be giving it, uh, Early night tonight, yeah. Brilliant. So we're probably not here to talk about judo, but that's all very interesting. <laughs> we're here to talk about home tech. Uh, just tell us a little bit about uh, TL Tech. Yeah, so TL Tech formed a few years ago. We specialise in smart home technologies. And what we like to do is um, help people get the best out of technology. So a lot of it is around getting to know the person and their home and family and then finding solutions that work for them, you know, based on their budgets and their lifestyle and, and what it is that they want to achieve. Um, so it's very much, a, you know, a very tailored approach that we take. I guess uh, the world that we live in now, everything's kind of connected to the Internet. So it's quite timely that you guys are kind of helping getting involved in in the tech and it's not just young middle-aged it's actually right across all the generations uh, people are really thinking about this and i guess with you know older houses etc i suppose the retrofit uh, options are there but uh, one of the things that we're probably going to be talking about tonight is getting early into the planning process and making sure that uh, you know whatever your life is if you're going to be you know, making your house future-proof, uh, you really want to be talking about tech very early on with either the architect or, or getting a specialist in, involved. And yeah. do you guys get involved? I guess you guys work very, very closely with the likes of the architects. Uh, well, the majority of what we've done so far is, is been retrofits, as you say, but we could certainly get involved with architects and because as you say, the best idea is to get in as early as possible because you'll get a better system that to do what you want, better future proof and save yourself money and then mm -hmm. go on. Good. And so because there's so much to talk about and there's so many different things involved in this arena, you guys have kindly put a, a wee presentation together, which is going to take off a bit of pressure in terms of the information overload part and this is obviously being recorded so people can watch this after and then just kind of take little parts of it and kind of understand it a bit more so what we're going to do is uh, slightly different this this week we're going to uh, present on on screen obviously people listening to this on a podcast uh, won't be able to see the the uh, presentation but uh, Thomas actually talks through it which makes it uh, a lot easier to to listen to on the go so uh, I am going to share the screen, hopefully, and we're just going to run the presentation. If there's any questions, uh, again, it could be about your project or it could be about what you hear. Just pop them in the comments field 
uh, and we'll pick them up in the end. So I am going to share the screen and play the presentation. The question we get asked a lot by people doing major home renovations or a new build is whether they should include hardwired network connections throughout the home. As with all questions, there is no one right answer and the best solution for you will depend on a number of factors. The most likely scenario is that you'll end up with a hybrid system, where as much that is practical is hardwired with a wireless network to support mobile and temporary devices. This presentation will briefly cover some of the key questions to help you decide on your approach and some of your thoughts. As I mentioned, there is no simple answer to the question of wired versus wireless, except that you're unlikely to have 100% of either. You will end up with a hybrid system with wired and wireless networking installed. So, what is a smart home and what can it do? The word smart is used to describe when functions within the home can be controlled either remotely, automatically, or through a non-traditional interface. To be truly smart, the functions within the home should be able to be integrated together to allow associations, also known as automations, between different activities and programming of new ways of operating the devices within the home to adapt continuously to requirements. Fundamentally, a smart home should enhance the way that you live bringing greater security, well-being, and enjoyment. The benefits of living in a smart home are wide-ranging and will be personal to each situation. There are four main areas in the home that a smart system adds value. Heating, for example, radiator thermostats and actuators, temperature and humidity sensors, heat and pump control, air conditioning. Lighting, remote switching through a mobile phone, a tablet, bespoke buttons, timers, and you can also link your lighting to motion or light levels, and electronic blinds and curtains are also available. Audiovisual, for example, TV and home cinema control, speakers, screens for video calling, and security, doorbells, cameras, motion detectors, door and window sensors, and smart locks. Smart homes can be tailored to suit your needs and can be used for practical requirements to make your home more comfortable, more efficient, and generally more suitable to your requirements. What are the important things to consider in the design? There are a lot of things to consider when designing a smart home. The top four influences are your lifestyle. Do you already use a lot of electronic devices? Do you like to have music on throughout the house? Are you away from home a lot? Are you looking for convenient time-saving solutions or ways to reduce your energy consumption? Your home itself, is it an existing property? Are you renovating or self-building? With new builds and major renovations, there's more opportunity to install infrastructure and cabling. Cost, what is your budget? Can you afford a larger initial outlay? You should also remember to factor in future maintenance costs and future needs. Are you a grown family? Would you like your home to accommodate multi-generational living? What about changes in your health and mobility? It's worth considering also that technology is constantly evolving and discovering new use cases. So if you already have a room set up for network connected devices, this can make future adaptation easier. 
remember it is a lot easier and cheaper to install cables during construction than it is to do later on. If you can identify what is important to you and where there are potential constraints, this helps you talk to potential smart home installers about your project requirements. A good installer will want to get to know more about these things so that you get a system that truly meets your needs. They'll be able to suggest solutions based on their experience to bring your ideas to life. So, which is better, wired or wireless? We're not going to go into detail on all the design choices, as there's far too much to cover in the time we have. Instead, we'll focus on the primary decision, which is whether to go for a wired or wireless smart home. Note that for both options, you will want to investigate the internet capability of property or plot, as this may present a significant limitation on the ability of the network to stream data. Depending on how you design the system, you might also want to think about backup power so the elements of your smart home can remain operational in the event of a power cut. This is especially important for hardwired security systems and maybe as simple as systems with built-in batteries or a separate UPS system. UPS stands for Uninterruptible Power Supply and there are many affordable options available nowadays. Wired systems are made up of Ethernet cabling and hardwired sensors and actuators. Clearly, it is much easier to install these wiring systems during construction or major renovation than in a complete home. Wireless systems can use the Wi-Fi system in your home or other communication protocols such as Zigbee, Z-Wave and 433 MHz RF. The type of system you decide to go with will determine the exact type of cabling required for the smart system. But you should always install wired Ethernet to your mainstreaming devices like TVs and cinema rooms and to as much of your fixed devices as possible like desktop PCs and network attached storage devices. You're also likely to want to install a robust wireless network system to allow your portable devices like mobile phones, tablets, and laptops to maintain a good connection throughout your home. With the quantity of ethernet cabling installed in modern homes, it is likely you will need to have a central point where all the cabling comes back to you with a network switch and easy access to your internet router and the main income and telecom socket. This is likely to be a standard setup, whether you decide to have a majority wireless or wired system, with the only variation being how large a cabinet you will require, which wholly depends on what equipment you want to install. You could, for example, install a whole home multimedia setup controlled from this central location, but with the prevalence of streaming services nowadays, this is becoming less common. But if the internet service in your area is poor or unreliable, you may still want to consider this as an option. For a wired smart home system, this central location would also be an ideal place to install the main control hardware and to route all the cables to. Remember, this central location should be well ventilated and not allowed to overheat, as high temperatures will seriously shorten the life expectancy of your network and control hardware. Some of the benefits of a wired smart home system are no battery replacements, you're likely to specify a single system capable of incorporating all the sensors and actuators, 
and the system should be less susceptible to signal interference. Some of the negatives of a wired smart home system include relatively high installation costs compared to wireless systems, and it is difficult to relocate sensors and actuators if needed in the future. Some of the benefits of a wireless smart home system are the systems can be installed temporarily, which is ideal for rental properties. The systems are relatively easy to install, which is ideal for retrofit. There are many consumer grade systems available at reasonable prices, and the sensors and actuators can be easily relocated if needed. And some of the negatives of a wireless smart home system include ongoing battery replacements, the increased potential for various disparate systems that do not easily talk to each other, and the potential for signal interference on the wireless network. With some consumer grade systems, you may end up with a different app for every system as well, although there are ways to overcome this. With the technology available to us just now and the potential future advancements, it is likely you will end up with a hybrid system where your main sensors, lights, security, and main streaming devices are wired, and you have extra sensors, lamps, and heating controls which communicate wirelessly. One thing we get asked quite a lot is, what's the difference between Cat5 and Cat6 Ethernet cable? In most cases, the world of technology tends to add a number to the name when a new improved design is released. In simple terms, Cat6 cables can support faster data transfer than Cat5 cable, and can also support higher power over Ethernet requirements. Your smart home installer will be able to explain more about the choices and specify the right cable for your project. But it is worth remembering that there are various cable types to decide from within the Cat5, Cat6 categories. You have Cat5, Cat5e, Cat6, and Cat6a, which all give different performance. Then you have UTP, unshielded twisted pair, and FTP, foil-shielded twisted pair. Again, your smart home installer will be able to explain more and recommend which cables are suitable for each part of your installation. An important note to remember is that there are CCA cables out there, which stands for copper clad aluminium. These do not give the same performance as pure copper cables. They are cheaper, but you definitely get what you pay for with these. I recommend staying away from CCA cables if you can. As you'll have gathered from the discussion so far, there are a lot of ways to create a connected smart home. The technical design choices can be quite daunting, but don't be afraid to ask for more information from your smart home designer or supplier. Our recommendation is to have a minimum of one hardwired network connection in every room, and ideally one dedicated to each television to allow streaming services to have the best possible connection. You'll want to look at the layout and plans for your home to visualize where you'll position the new smart devices to ensure that they have the power supply and internet connection that they need. Things like smart ovens and kitchen appliances are growing in popularity, so don't forget the kitchen in your plans. Sometimes overlooked areas include garages and outside spaces. If you might want to automate your garage door or driveway gate, 
or add external security cameras. Having Ethernet cabling out to these locations is a good investment and easier to do at this stage than when your project is complete. Another growing trend is for smart window coverings. These again are best hardwired due to their requirement for power for the motor more than the control side of things and can be really invaluable for large windows that may be hard to reach, but where you want to have control over the light levels or temperature in the building. It is important to involve your smart home designer early to get advice on the plans and layout of your system. We would advise to budget a similar amount to what you might spend on a kitchen, including appliances and fitting. Or another budgeting analogy could be how much you would spend on buying a new car. So if you're planning a renovation or build and have budgeted 15,000 for the kitchen, then a full smart home system of matching quality will set you back about the same. The cost is very dependent on what functionality and features you want and the finish you are looking for. If you have a cinema room on your wish list, for example, this will add significantly to the cost. You can keep the cost down by applying a hybrid approach, as discussed above, and by doing some of the work yourself to run the cabling, but this involves a bit more technical knowledge and time input. The wide availability of consumer electronics now means that you can create wireless smart home solutions on a fairly modest budget and add elements to your system as your finances allow. If you're going for a fully wireless design, expect to pay from £10 for a smart bulb through to over £200 for a smart heating starter kit or smart security starter kit. Even with wireless solutions, we recommend getting some advice to make sure that the hardware you are purchasing is compatible and to get help with integrating the devices together to improve the usability of the system. So you probably want to budget a bit more for this design and installation support. Really, like most things, you can spend as much as you can imagine on smart home technology, or you can spend very little. It all comes down to what functionality and what quality you want. Just remember that retrofitting later will likely be more expensive and more difficult than installation during construction. This may mean that you plan for your future smart home and install the cabling and infrastructure to suit, but only install the minimum smart systems you want and plan to add to the system as time, needs and finances allow. The main trade body for smart homes is the Custom Electronic Design and Installation Association or CDF for short. Members of CDF will have undertaken training to ensure they are competent in all aspects of insulation, including health and safety. The CDF website has guidance for homeowners, which covers in more depth some of the aspects we have discussed in this webinar. You may find that certain smart home installers have preferred brands and systems, or may only specialize in certain areas of the smart home. Others, like TL Tech, might have programming capability as well as electrical and electronic skills that can help integrate different systems together to create bespoke solutions, as well as more standardized packages. We are based in Aberdeenshire in the northeast of Scotland if you're looking for someone in the Grampian region, or we can help recommend someone closer to you. It is always worth talking to your architect and doing some searching 
as not all smart home installers and integrators will be CDM members. So as final takeaways, start to plan your project early and get input from a specialist. Think about your lifestyle and the design of your home. Don't be afraid of speaking to a range of home automation specialists to find the one most suited to you and your project. Talk to others who have smart homes and ask them what they love about their home and what they wish they'd done differently. And think about your future needs. If this is your forever home, you want to make sure that it can adapt as your needs change. Smart home technology can help to support you to maintain your independence and well-being. But remember, it is often cheaper, easier, and less disruption to install the cabling and infrastructure during construction than retrofitting later. Excellent. Thank you, guys. That was, uh, God, there's so much information, so many things that you need to be aware of. It's, it's quite overwhelming. I mean, that, that uh, cat... Five cat six cabling. I mean, how often does cabling kind of get updated? Does it does it really matter? Is it as you mentioned briefly? Is it is it just an upspec of of speeds, etc.? That's yeah. The the newer versions are are really just better designed, if you like, and better designed cabling. So, for example, a cat five e cable. Is capable of 1,000 megabits per second, so that's gigabit speeds. Okay. Whereas CAT6 cable is 10 gigabits per second. So, and and there's they're better handling, better bandwidth, better frequency ranges, that type of thing. So it's, but okay. the thing to, to think about is that we, with the way we're using data at the minute, it's going to be a long time before you see any real effect on, on residential networks especially. We're not consuming that much data that regularly that it's gonna you're gonna see a like if you went for cat six cable, that's gonna do you for a long time in, in my opinion. Mm-hmm. What's worth remembering as well, if you have a full cat six system installed hardwired in the walls of your house, but then you use a cat five patch cables to connect say your TV to the wall, the fastest you get out of that system is the cat five speeds. So, uh, so it causes like a bottleneck. Yeah, it? it's like a, it's like a bottleneck. So the the system can only go work at the speed of the slowest component, if you like. I guess it's like anything else. I guess water flowing through a pipe. It uh, if it has a restriction at any point. I guess yeah. I never thought of that. I guess it just uh, it applies to electrical cabling or data cabling as well but and is it something that you know if you have an upgrade of the cable um i guess for any kind of new builds or anywhere where you're installing a a home smart system can they not just default to the latest standard or is there always a a kind of choice between what you want to put in or is that is that actually is it always the most up-to-date cabling that we would install I suppose not necessarily because I suppose if you're going by that rule, you put in Cat Seven cable, but Cat Seven is is almost a specialized cable for for certain 
certain functions. So I, I would be tempted, or something. Yeah, to to go with your, your Cat Six A cable, and that'll that should cover you. That gives you the the best speeds available at mm. the minute, and mm. it gives you the the increased power over Ethernet capabilities for for stuff in the future if if you need it. Yeah, mm-hmm. so power over Ethernet is quite good for like your security camera systems and things like that. So then it gives you the power as well as the network connection. Yeah. Okay, okay. And it's interesting, uh, I never really thought about this before, but uh, if you have the ability to plug in as many uh, devices as you possibly can, it takes off the pressure or maybe the, the potential interference of wireless uh, signals in the house. Yeah, if, if you think about on, on wireless, your your cable is basically the air, and there's only so much you can get through that that cable at at a time. So as much as you can get off of it, the better. <clears throat> and wireless networks are still more more affected by interference. So things like even your microwave, microwaves are a, a major source of a wide band interference. So I don't know if people ever noticed that if their microwave is on cooking something <laughs> and they're trying to, I don't know, watch a video on their, on their phone standing next to it, quite often you'll get interference between your phone and the, and the, the access point. That's what happened to Game of Thrones last weekend. I, was, I had the microphone, <laughs> microwave on it at the same time. Eh? <laughs> it's incredible, really. I mean, yeah, I mean, now that you've said it, yeah, I can kind of relate to that. I guess there's all sorts of potential... Interference is probably inside the home and possibly outside as well. I mean, there's thick walls. Does that have a big impact? I mean, let's we're in Aberdeen, northeast, uh, and across Scotland, that there's potential to have really, really thick stone walls. I mean, I guess wireless that really would impact the, the ability for the signal to to go around the home. Yeah, the 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 structure of the house makes a massive difference to to your wireless connection. So. I suppose a lot of the, the older homes here, and if you have uh, thick granite or thick stone walls, quite often you, your phone just doesn't work wirelessly. So you'll end up having to put wireless access points in, in all the different parts of the house. So you put more in so that you can get a connection. But, yeah, they, they'll give you ranges on, on wireless access points, and it might be, I don't know, 100 metres. But that's 100 metres in clear open air. As soon as you put barriers between it, it degrades the signal. And obviously, things like stone and brick yeah. cut out even more. I guess our house is quite a good example. So we are in a 1960s bungalow, but it has an extension that was done in the 80s and um, massive thick brick wall between the two parts of the house. And so we've had to put in the, the wireless access point. So we spent quite a lot of um, time trying to run cables from one end of the house to the other, which was a little bit frustrating at the time because it's not an easy job to do in a bungalow um, that we've put a loft extension in as well and we didn't put the cables in before we did the loft extension. Um, So, yeah, it's kind of, you know, learning all these things as you go. Um, But, yeah, you mentioned there there. computer in this end of the house, so we really needed to have that hardwired. Okay. You mentioned there an access point. I mean, what is an access point? Uh, it's basically your your wireless connection, if you like. It's a it's a device that you can you get various ones, but it's, you can hardwire it back 
to your router or your network switch, and that'll be your connection, your wireless connection from your phone or computer or TV or whatever that then takes you back to the network. So it's kind of a, a range so, extender, yeah, if you like. Instead of it talking to the router, it talks to the access point, and the access point is connected to the router. Uh, okay, almost like a does it repeat the signal and then bounce it further on? Is that kind of yeah? I suppose you could almost picture it as uh, as aerials for say for a radio system. If you had an aerial at the end of a long cable and put it further away, so it's, okay. it's kind of like remote aerials for your network system. Because yeah, I've got quite a, a, I guess, a long house, um, and it's trying. I do find that at the end of the the house, that the house itself, I've got a, a kind of brick wall, uh, and that that conservatory room, uh, it's very difficult to get any kind of signal. So, I guess I could probably benefit from some sort of thing that you could uh, either hardwire in, or I mean, do these things get? Can they plug these things in, or is that a really rubbish way of being able to extend your uh, your signal? There's, there's all different. Types. I mean, uh, obviously, the the best ones are ones you can get installed and hardwired with Ethernet cables and properly run in. And then you can get you can even get range extenders that that pick up the Wi-Fi signal and send it a bit further. So you just plug them in and and they pick up the Wi-Fi and, and repeat it on again. Okay. And then you get things like um, that work through the electrical cable in your house. So depending on, sometimes it doesn't work too well with some houses, but you, you get one that plugs into the wall and connects to the router, and then the signal goes through your electrical cable and somewhere else in the house you plug another one in, and it works. Oh, okay. But they're, I mean, they, they can do a, a reasonable job, but they're not the best, mm. obviously. Yeah, and I guess, yeah, I mean, it's, it's quite a slow bit. I want to say it's a minefield, but it probably isn't to you guys. You, you, you've, you probably, you know, I guess the first thing to do, I guess the, the topic of this this webinar is wired versus wireless. And what I'm hearing in the presentation is that, you know, I guess every house is different, every application is different, but if it's probably a half between each, you know. So if you try and wire in as much as you possibly can, and then you can use the wireless for what you can't physically uh, plug in uh, essentially uh, and there's all these kind of retrofit kind of solutions that you could potentially get but again it doesn't really it might not work you know for for whatever reasons but if you can get support like so you guys I mean you guys live and breathe this kind of stuff and it's uh, you know you could probably kind of cut through all the mustard really really quickly and and, uh, and understand exactly what's going to work for the household we, we had a question in earlier on um, go try and find it uh, it is what we're talking about here. Really, we're talking about uh, life. Life's taken over. So this this uh, person's got a house full of kids, um, full of so-called adults. What's <laughs> the kids? Everyone is using the internet. Are there ways that we can improve this? Our devices are slowing down because of the number of people streaming at the same time. Um, and it's kind of what you're talking about, isn't it? Really, I mean, it's really understanding the what is the lifestyle in that house you may have a household that has very little internet demands whereas you've got the other extreme like so these people who have a, a kind of huge demand and it, it, does it come down to bandwidth can you increase the bandwidth or you know is it more about the technology that you're using to to beam the, uh, the, the demand? 
that's kind of the same as, as what was said. The the key is to get as many of the the heavy data users off of the wireless network as you can. So your TVs and, and things that you're streaming Netflix or streaming movies and TV on off the internet, if you can get them onto the, the fixed wiring system and, and dedicated systems for them, and then it lets people that are watching things on their tablet or their phones have a, a better experience. And I suppose, again, it's just choosing the right cabling at the start, you get your, your best bandwidth. And for anybody, it's it's a very 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 heavy user. You could you could potentially put a second internet line into the house, but that's okay. obviously quite a lot more expensive and complicated than everything else. I wouldn't expect, or it's unlikely for your standard residential premises to need a second line unless I don't know. They've got a lot of people streaming. And maybe poor internet anyway. Yeah. That's the thing. If you've got a poor internet connection to the house, then you're you're limited before it's even got in. You can put as good good a system as as you like inside the house. But if you're relying on the data coming in, that's where your bottleneck is. Okay. Yeah, that's, of course, the the, the overarching limitation, isn't it, really? I mean, we're, we're, we're talking about technology in the home, but if you can get, if you can't get, a decent signal coming in anyway then you're gonna get you're gonna be scuppered anyway aren't you i mean um i know in some places we, we well we do aspire and i guess the government scottish government and the uk government wants everyone to be connected but there is still pockets of areas um, certainly here in the northeast of scotland uh, that are still struggling to get connected to the uh, the mainframe if you like yeah yeah and you're right about the government so it's worth um looking that up because there is actually funding available so if you do have a poor internet connection there are grants available and um you can club together with your neighbors to pull your grants into one bigger pot um, and then look and see if there's you know something that you can do there to upgrade the infrastructure in your area okay I think it's £1,500 per property. And then if it's a business, I think the grant is slightly bigger. I think it's maybe more like, is it about £4,000 per business? I think it's if your speed is less than 100 megabits per second. Which is crazy because we've got the best we've ever had and it's still lucky if we get 70. (laughs) (laughs) That's that's only been the last year or so. Up until then, we're on five. So it's worth so, investigating the grants because I know that they've still got funding available. Um, do you know off hand, Caroline, what, what, what that uh, source is? is? Is there an internet uh, site that people can end look at? Again, I did, a, I did a social media post about it maybe about a month ago. Um, yeah. I'd need to look. have a look. So real... My brain is not very good at remembering stuff. Uh, hold on. Facebook somewhere. Here we go. Grants and funding, open reach. Uh, rural premises may be eligible for additional funding through the government's Rural Gigabyte Connectivity Programme. Let me go and put this link into the... Awesome, thank you. Here. Um, I don't know how to do that. How do I do that? Uh, let's have a look. Um, I'll put it into the comments here because that means that people can get it uh, after this. So... Uh, a link to the government grant scheme. Government's 
bigger bit grant scheme. There we go. I'm not very good at multitasking, so uh, <laughs> hopefully that uh, works. I think that's kind of pushed No, hopefully that's today. helpful for yeah. people as well, because I, I think a lot of people don't realise and then they just put up with, you know, the poor internet. I mean, we our internet was very bad for a long time, mm. wasn't it? And we actually had a 4G router that we used because that okay. gave us a better signal, but that's a very expensive way to get your internet when you have children who like to watch <laughs> YouTube. Yeah. <laughs> That's the world we live in now, isn't it? I mean, it's, you know, we're starting to move or, or at least kind of uh, look at things like YouTube and stream, stream, stream. And if you've got a house full of three, four kids, I can imagine that it just kind of just slowly kind of dissipates the, the experience for everybody. Um, so that is hopefully uh, of use to to this person. So, yeah, it's, uh, it's essentially down to trying to wire in as much as you possibly can and uh, less reliance on wireless and then obviously looking at your internet service provider as well to make sure you're getting a, a reasonable uh a reasonable service because if you're not then that's going to be that's going to be a problem from the very very start so yeah. and the access points are a big one as well because we're still a lot of us in the stage where you have the the one router that you got from bt or whoever the internet provider is sat in the corner next to your front door or wherever your phone's, phone line comes in and that's the only place the wi-fi comes from so okay. when you're through in the kitchen or up in your bed you don't really get a signal and um, we're still working off that that's where access points and range extenders come in to make it a much better experience through the whole house mm -hmm. although my my main socket which was a surprise to me is in the garage uh, so uh, in fact i thought the main socket was in the hall i thought great nice central place for the socket but it's actually in the boiler room in the garage which is a bit odd i'll be honest with you and but the, the bt engineer that came out just a few weeks ago to sort my uh, signal after a lightning strike um said this is getting to be quite normal um to have it here and then it makes it more difficult to actually plug in a router and and have a centralized kind of uh place for that you know you're already using a second socket which actually can impact the the signal that you get into the house anyway so mm -hmm. it's uh we've got another question here uh if i can find it all right here we go sorry got so many things coming in here that i'm trying to navigate through um, <laughs> Okay, we've got one about security. Um, I don't know if you guys know anything about uh, the security of the system. So if we have uh, a wireless uh, a wireless system or a wired system, um, can people actually hack in? Can people actually get access to your data? Is that something you guys know about? The, the number one rule with, with all these systems and almost anything nowadays is the first thing you should do is change your your passwords and, and possibly you your usernames you definitely don't want any default passwords on your system or somebody eventually is just gonna wander straight in it's like leaving your door unlocked at night somebody's eventually gonna try to handle um so definitely number one change your passwords to something strong and secure if you can if you lose use something like LastPass as a good app it can generate really strong passwords for you and store them on your computer or on your phone so you have access to them. 
Um, should make sure and have a, a good, reliable firewall in place. So your your router from your ISP, like your BT hub or whatever, will, will have a firewall built into it. So make sure that's up to date and, and active and, and you can put additional ones in if you like as well. Um, and make sure antivirus is, is on your computers and things. That's another way that sometimes hackers find the way in this view download something with a virus, then that's them inside your network. Okay. A way they can come in. So the router the router is the gateway, if you like. Is that the case? If, if you secure your, your your router, is that almost like keeping the door locked in, in, in that analogy? Yeah, the, the firewalls built into routers kind of as, as default. They tend to, they, they won't let incoming signals in. It needs to be instigated from from inside the house. So and then they'll allow once there's a existing connection going out, then it'll allow stuff to come back in. Some work better than others, but that's the kind of general rule of it. And then you can obviously uh, break that by opening ports or whatever. So leaving a window open, if you like, you can open a port for. I don't know your Xbox, and next thing you know, that's that's a breach. So there's there's ways and means around that as well. But yeah, if you do the passwords, make sure everything's secure. Um, really, you just want to make it as difficult as possible for for any potential nasties to come in, and and usually they'll they'll go away and try and find an easier target. They'll put them off because yeah, they're like, oh no, if it's been too hard to get through the first hurdle, then what's, you know. Yeah. Which is a terrible thing to say. But, I mean, somebody could easily break into your house and you can have all the security and fancy locks and cameras and everything you want, but they can put a brick through your window. It's, it's <laughs> a trying to trying to deter them and put them off from doing that. Yeah. Yeah. We've got a, a blog that Caroline wrote on, on our website with helpful security tips for, for your smart home. So yeah. it has things that make sure firmware is up to date and, and that type of thing. So it's... We'll just have a look for that as well because that's quite useful because it, it's the world that we live in, unfortunately. There is bad people out there. And I think we just need to be aware of who they are and and, uh, and what the technologies are they using. It's incredible, really. Like you, you hear all these news stories about oh these people hacked into a security camera in the house and were were watching somebody in the house and it's like yeah but you'd never change the password all they had to do was know what the default password is and and keep hitting IP addresses until they find it so that that one thing can make life so much better. I think uh, what I'm hearing of late is that uh, some of the cars that are getting manufactured now you can actually open and lock your, your your car from your from your app on your phone which to me is quite is quite scary but i'm, I'm sure it's kind of underpinned by by some sort of uh, security um yeah. So. yeah there must be rolling codes or something but yeah it's always quite um nerve-wracking i've, I've still not taken the leap to fit a, a smart front door lock yet you get that as well. Yeah, so you can get those, but I think they're maybe just not quite there yet with the technology, you know, to make it reliable enough. 
Okay. Uh, I think it, it's possibly not the security that worries me more than reliability. If it's exposed to the nice northeast of Scotland weather and and things, you don't want it. Uh, I don't know, battery to run out or something, and of course, and you have to go scrabbling to find a little bit to get the key in there. Yeah, because we but, do have obviously the mechanical system will still work, but then you need to find the key in. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, I'm, I'm, me myself, I'm starting to rely very heavily on Apple Pay, uh, and sometimes I just don't take my cards. And you know what? When your battery goes flat in your phone, you're, you're kind of scuppered. And similar with the garage, you know, I've got fortunate I've electric garage doors, and I use the garage to get in and out of the house. And we had a power cut. I was like, oh, I can't get in the house. I'm standing outside the house waiting to get in, you know, hoping that the power will go back on in like the next kind of half an hour, forty minutes. But uh, but you're right, you know, if you've got some sort of backup plan B, have the key kind of stored in the garden somewhere or buried, you know. Yeah, um, a, a good smart lock between the garage and the house so it can work with a pin code or okay. tags or something. And the main reason for that was where our son now being at academy, if he comes home early and we're not here and he doesn't have a key, he can go through that way and still get into the house. Yeah. Okay, okay. But yeah, I mean, these things are good, um, and it is. It's, but I think uh, going back to basics and what we were talking about, and the, the purpose of this webinar is really to, um, you know, it's it's it doesn't have to be overwhelming. It's like any part of your uh, self build or, or renovation project. If you understand exactly what your your needs are going to be, then you can plan it very very well, much further up, up front in the in the process, and it doesn't have to be mega expensive. It, it, uh, if you're doing it as part of the build, then it becomes uh, relatively straightforward and uh, quite quite efficient way of being able to do it. I think you talked about cost there, you know, making it comparable to your kitchen install, which is actually quite good, you know. And that, I guess, the parameters of that is huge, you know, because someone might want a cinema, someone might not want anything at all. So, I guess take that with a pinch of salt. But at the same time, if you want to kind of include a budget, um, that might be the way to go. And I suppose we kind of almost deliberately avoided talking in detail about the types of systems and any specific systems you could get, like a, a KNX system or going down a Control 4 route or something. Yeah, because once you start going into it, there's so much detail and things you can talk about. It would have blown the hour out the water before we <laughs> started. And one other good point to make as well is it's not just your network and smart home cabling that, that can affect it. Uh, a lot of the trend, especially in this country nowadays, is to for your electricity electricity to be wired in a ring around your lights. We just the switched the the live and the switched live to your switches. But if if you're thinking about adding additional functionality in the future, those switches, you you really want to make sure you have a neutral wire at each switch location. Then it opens up a lot more availability to have smart switches or something else of that oh, okay the majority of them still rely on having live and neutral there's a, a few you can get now that, that don't have neutral but they always have a little trickle going through them okay. better if you can have a, the neutral wire at the switch and is that new technology i mean because one of the questions is um is about um I'll find it. I'm a bit kind of scattered over here with the questions, but ultimately, uh, new technology is coming our way. You know, are you guys aware of anything even more exciting coming 
into the, the home smart world or smart world home smart home world there we go but so there, there is the new ring x line stuff that's coming out very soon yeah there's i suppose it's not it's not new technology, new technology. it's where you know your ring doorbells and you get ring cameras that type of thing they're, they're for the diy market so do it yourself what ring is doing is it's come out with a new range called ring x line that's designed for the do it for me market so getting custom installers to come and and install the systems for you so if you fancy a, a video doorbell but don't want to install it yourself you can go to an installer you get the the doorbell you get a four-year warranty uh subscription to their cloud service to record the videos and stuff for the lifetime of the of the device and custom installed as i say so it's and i just went through the training and and things for that last week so it's hopefully yeah. that'll come soon but so yeah it's not an official launch date yet but it's it's coming quite soon and i guess it's quite nice for a consumer because it gives you that kind of peace of mind and it's all in one package so you've got your warranty and the cloud access as well for your data so it is it's quite a nice package so i think that's something that we might see more suppliers doing so it's less of a we're selling you a device they're going to be selling the service more than the device but i don't think there's anything i've seen that's mind-blowingly new and exciting at the minute but i think what what is exciting is that how available things are becoming and, and the cost is 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 reducing all the time so there's much more available to everybody so mm -hmm. even if you're not doing a, a full house res uh, renovation or a build a lot of the kit now is is affordable and you can put it in and try it piecemeal out. and try yeah. it out maybe even if you're in the planning stages just now and thinking about it you can try out various systems and see how they work and if it's something to your bill and it's quite interesting to understand there may be uh, insurance benefits as well if you have some sort of security recording uh, and all these other things and there may be kickbacks in your insurance policy that brings that down uh, that actually might cover your yeah that's a good you know, point and that's potentially something that will happen so it's like a kind of like a smart contract so it's using the data in the home in an intelligent way to hmm. give the level of cover that you need yeah and and voice technology we, we probably should should have mentioned to that because voice control is, is gaining a lot of traction lately with all these smart speakers and things in the house and that's something i see becoming more and more prevalent mm. and and common and i think there'll be a lot more vi devices with voice control built into them so that's blows my mind I love this. It's 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 so exciting. It's so scary as well in terms of things like, for example, security. Someone mentioned that, and but actually, I think it's just the way we're going with everything. Really, you know, it's it's quite incredible in terms of where we're going. And I, we're running out of time. We've got four minutes to go, and I wanted to quickly, very quickly, two minutes, is have a quick cover of what another exciting project you're involved in. You're 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 taking your skills and you're moving it into an app. Yeah, so we were just talking about voice assistance there and um, we've been doing a lot of work over the last couple of months um, looking at how we can adapt to how smart assistants work. 
Um, we do a lot of work with um, vulnerable adults and elderly people, and we know how good that the voice assistants are with the built-in functionality, but we were very conscious of, you know, the situation that we're all in and how that might be affecting our well-being and our mental health. And so we wanted to do something that would help. So the last couple of months, we've been building a new custom skill on the Alexa device. So this is a skill that you will be able to um, enable on your device if you go into the Amazon store. And it all is all centered around understanding your well-being. So it's quite nice. It does a little wellness assessment to find out you know what what you're how you're feeling and and then it gives you some tips around how you can improve that so things that you can do to you know help with like diet and exercise and your relationships and just gives you a really nice positive um vibe so it's something that if you're trying to get um into a new routine and take on new habits that will um support you in that process so that that's the whole idea um, and you're, you're doing a crowdfunder just now uh you've actually already met your uh, original target which is fantastic news well done guys yeah uh, so you only launched it a few days ago it's the crowdfunder's been on for just over a week it finishes on the 23rd of september and um, we're now that we're into our stretch target so we had an initial budget that would help to finish the testing and get the skill launched in the Amazon store. And then we had agreed that if we had, we were lucky enough to get more support, we're gonna use that to help publicize so that we can actually get the skill to the people who need it. So, you know, the people that we work with are, um, you know, vulnerable adults, elderly people and their families, you know, just helping to give them some extra support when they are being, um, you know, when maybe they're shielding, if we go into lockdowns and we've got periods where they may not have as much human contact um, and and it will just help people to, to look at trends over a longer period of time. So you can see if your well-being is declining and then be able to get help at an earlier point. Because I think sometimes, you know, you bottle things up and you just... Um, you think, oh, it'll be fine, I'll just power on through, and you don't realise how bad it might be getting, whereas this is something that can just help to to kind of coach you and, and guide you yeah, through. Pass it on your shoulder, isn't it? Yeah. A little, little pass on your shoulder, kind of chipping away yeah. and, and, and letting just you know what you're doing. Be aware of, of, yeah. as well. We're, we're all quite good at blocking it out, but if, if you're aware of any anything that might be changing in your mental well-being and things, then you can think about it and be proactive it's so important you know and i'd say you've made a target but there's there's so much uh, scope for growth with this app so if you want to get involved uh, crowdfunder.co.uk forward slash smart meets kind so yeah, we've uh, still got some awesome rewards for people and um, uh, we have these lovely um cuddly dog mascots so <laughs> you can sign up to, to get that again just something just really positive and nice that will make yeah. you smile brilliant Brilliant. We're running out of time, or we have run out of time. Uh, we're going to have to call it 62 minutes uh, by the time we get finished. But uh, listen, guys, thank you so much for uh, coming on onto onto uh, Scottish Self Building Renovation 60 Minutes. It's been really quite useful. There's a lot of information there, uh, which is why we did the presentation. It's something that people can watch again or listen to again on our YouTube channels and our Facebook. 
uh, channels. So uh, people can get in touch with uh, TL Smart uh, by getting onto their website at tltechsmart.com. They can phone the uh, hotline 07825586731 or get in touch by email info at tltechsmart.com. Uh, yeah, I mean, that is just basically how you get in touch with TL Tech Smart. So thank you very much, Caroline and Thomas. It's been great. And I hope you have the rest uh, rest of Sunday to yourselves and the kids have gone to sleep after all that judo. <laughs> it's nearly bedtime now. Yeah. Oh, and mine too, actually. I'm, I'm quite tired today. So thank, thank you very you. much, guys. And uh, talk to you soon. Thanks, guys. Thank you.